Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you suffering from back pain? Well, I've got the thing just for you. 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, volume 1, available at Amazon.com. Over 30 million Americans are suffering with back pain at this very moment. The vast majority of these cases are either caused or exacerbated by common lifestyle factors. Many of the same factors may be causing you pain right now. Join board-certified physician Andrew Kirshner as he guides you through the parts of your life where these problems occur and gives you simple, safe and effective solutions for these common daily pitfalls. In this fun and informative book, you will learn how to identify the aspects of your life which may be causing you pain, how to create a back-friendly environment, how you can improve your pain by improving your sleep, ways to make a pain-free commute, how you can perform daily activities without making your pain worse, and much more. Andrew Kirshner is so well respected in the field of back pain relief. He has you know, famous clients such as DJ Jazzy Jeff. He has done uh, many talks and lectures at universities in the UK. He has appeared on QVC demonstrating back pain relief products and that is because he is an expert in his field and people trust him. Also check out the 5 star reviews on Amazon.com. This is the book that you need if you suffer from back pain. That's 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain plus 192 others just in case volume 1 available at Amazon.com in paperback. Check the link below the show for more information. Just when you thought that there were already too many podcasts in the world. Here comes another one. Do you remember which episode we're up to? We are on the Andre the Giant Ten Bell Salute, right? Um, no, the one after. No, you're lying to me. Um, no, no. How drunk was I for the Andre the Giant Ten Bell Salute episode? <laughs> well, yeah, I remember because Doink faced Typhoon, and you were really impressed. At how Doink just took Typhoon to school, he kept taking them down and just riding them. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> and uh, then there was also like a 10-minute Bruce Beefcake interview as well. Oh, God, yeah. Insufferable. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, um, well. All right. Onward and upward. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have we have to watch Bruce Beefcake wrestle on this one? Wolf. <laughs> All right, let me load it up. <laughs> it, 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 I was so positive. I was like... I was like, I don't remember a 10-bell salute. But it also makes sense I wouldn't remember a 10-bell salute. I'd do it with the sound off. Colin Delaney. After a slightly lengthy uh, absence, we've been uh, preempted by the Westminster Dog Show for the past five or six months. Um, I'm here with Colin Delaney, and this is Turnchuckle. Woo! We're back! Yay! 
man, that Westminster dog reference <laughs> for a, for a, a podcast about 93 uh, Raws. It's the only way to explain a hiatus. Uh-huh. See, I, I did just watch a, um, a Raw recently where they were preempted by the Westminster Dog Show and they actually used the Raw graphic with like a picture of a poodle and a Labrador. And, you know, I don't think Vince was too happy uh, that, you know, dogs basically made Raw job for a week. Um how deep how deep into the uh the raw uh repertoire is the preempted by the dog show episode oh it's um it's late ninety three but there might be one before that so we, we do have... i was gonna say didn't did we pass one already was there an early early one there may be no surely they don't have the dog show more than once a year that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, how- okay, well, we'll have to make the very our very special episode of Turn Chuckle where we uh, <laughs> YouTube the 93 Westminster Dog Show and uh, Turn Chuckle over that. Um, all about it. Well, do, do you know how when baseball went on strike and Abe Knuckleball Schwartz came in? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they could have had like a, a dog character because British Bulldog wasn't there by that point. So they could have had, you know, Poodle Man or something. Would have been smart. Instead, I, I, they had Battle Cat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would have been all over it. But, uh, yeah, no, Turn Chuckle is back. I'm quite excited. I hope everyone else is excited as I am because uh, we're going to commentate over a British Beefcake match. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. No. <laughs> so I, I like- so we, we, we watch these with the sound off. Because yes, clearly we're talking to each other about them. Mm-hmm. So uh, on last week's Turn Chuckle, six months ago, that dog, <laughs> man, that dog show was long. It was. Um, but either way, on last episode, there was just a really long Brutus Beefcake segment, which I'm actually okay with because we're just going to talk and BS while he, while he talks. But now I actually have to watch him wrestle. So with my – yeah, I'm, my eyes aren't prepared for that. <laughs> well, well, see, and it'll be interesting to see how revealing his outfit is as well. Um, I'm sure his ass will be hanging out. And um... well, I can I can tell you that I have a, a, a quick glimpse and a preview of what he looks like because I've started the episode and paused it one second in, and this episode of Monday Night Raw begins with his crazy looking face. <laughs> and extra crazy as well because it's after the reconstruct surgery and everything so yeah <laughs> man i <laughs> i don't know if i can do it i don't think i can because we're on skype i wish i could just take a picture of what my television set has looked like for the past 10 minutes <laughs> see if you leave it there long enough when you turn the tv off it's just gonna be burned into the screen um... <laughs> <laughs> worst case scenario you have burned scary brutus beefcake's face into your television set <laughs> well before we get into the show I wouldn't be any kind of broadcast journalist if I didn't ask you about your uh, recent time with WWE. That that was quite exciting. See, I I got a lot of messages the next day, probably only second behind you the next day after you were on TV, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, which was pretty cool. So how how did all that come about? It, long long um, story, long story, wh- very short. How did all that come about? Yeah, long story, very short. Uh, I got back in touch with them a little bit. They invited me to come down to uh, some of the live TV events. Um, they decided to put me on 
the SmackDown program against the Bludgeon Brothers, mm-hmm. whom one of which I know very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Luke Harper, childhood friend of mine. So that was very cool, very fun. Um, and they enjoyed my work once again. They It was very deja vu feeling uh, for me. They enjoyed what I did, and they brought me back the next week. And I got to wrestle Hideo Itami on 205 Live, which was kind of crazy. Uh, I mean... I remember Kenta from Japan and he was like the greatest, the coolest. So uh, getting to square up with him and work with him was super duper cool and super fun. Was it um, a coincidence that you ended up in the ring with Luke then? Or was that something that was planned? Yeah. Nope. No, it's it's complete coincidence. I I mean, I just showed up there to do whatever they they asked me to, whatever they needed me to. And after... uh, a quick warm up. They told me they wanted to have me on TV and uh, that I would be working with the Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> and I I laughed out loud when they told me that. <laughs> so I'm guessing um, you know Luke didn't know that you were going to be there as well. Or? No, he didn't. And uh, by the time uh, he was late getting there because uh, he just had a another child, so he was kind of uh, home. So he wasn't on the same travel schedule as everybody, I suppose. Mm. So by the time he got there, it had already been figured out. And somebody told him in the locker room that he was wrestling Colin Delaney tonight. And it, we were in Cincinnati, which is not that close to my home. Yeah. Um, so he was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> because why would he be wrestling me in Cincinnati, Ohio? Yeah. And then, uh, ran down to ringside and saw me and <laughs> it was real cool. I mean, I haven't seen him in a, a, a good minute. We, we grew up together and we've known each other for years, but since he's been pretty busy with all that he's got going on, we don't cross paths as much as we probably should. Mm-hmm. And good, uh, good for him uh, having a kid as well. It just shows you that a big hairy man can still get laid. So that's, uh, that's man. That dude is like, uh, He's he's doing like television and movies and he's just all over the place. It's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And um, the I wanted to ask about the uh, the match against Atami because mm-hmm. um because two alive uh, two, two alive uh, two or five lives filmed after SmackDown, isn't it? So um, yeah, was was it a tough crowd because obviously they have to sit for a lot. And, you know, the 205 crowd is not because the action in the ring is sort of a little notorious for being a little quiet because they are burned out sort of thing. Yeah, it was um, it was tough. I I can't say that I really noticed Mm -hmm. because when you're in there, it's really a whole different uh, different atmosphere. Yeah. Um, And I mean, uh, I've been doing this independent wrestling thing for the better part of 15 years now. So, I mean, sometimes <laughs> there's been times where I walk out to a crowd of uh, 45 people. So uh, 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 a half full uh, arena in Newark, New Jersey is still like <laughs> 10 times as many as a full arena on an indie show. So, oh, um, but no, they were, yeah, a little tough. And we had a, a bit of an even tougher situation because off the end of the match right before us, a fan threw a full bottle of something at ringside, and it hit Kalisto in the face and hurt him pretty good. Oh, jeez. Right, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think I'm throwing any uh, backstage whatever out there. I'm pretty sure that was reported, but mm-hmm. 
yeah, you can see it on camera. You see it, a bottle flies in from the crowd and hits him right in the face, did him uh, a little bit of damage. So it was kind of hectic even right before I went out to the ring, but the crowd was, yeah. So, I mean, a lot going on, uh, yeah. before that, but, uh, for for me for as a performer uh, it's i didn't really notice mm. necessarily well i th- when you were interviewed backstage as well it was really fun reading the comments uh everyone who remembered you at least from the uh ECW, the WWE ECW um of course and it was kind of fun seeing people who were like god he's still hot that must have been an ego boost so yeah, um, and that was cool too. But I, I mean, when they said they wanted to uh, put me with the Bludgeon Brothers, there was no talk of whether or not they were even going to acknowledge that I was who I am. Um, I, and then once, I, yeah, once they just go for it, sorry. Once they decided that they were, it was just like right away. Someone was like, "Oh, hey, we're going to do a, a thing with you." Uh, after if that's cool and I was like uh yeah sure and then they just did it they didn't like there was no uh back 10 years ago I would have been handed a piece of paper and told to memorize something uh this was just like uh no no no. uh and three two one go that's really cool because I mean it would be fair to say that WWE gets a bad rap for too much they had too many scripts and stuff like that but they also produce that much content like sort of backstage and stuff for the website and stuff for the network that it would be impossible to script literally everything. And it would literally be impossible nowadays. It would literally be impossible. Yeah. And, and you do see people's real personalities show through, like sort of shine through in a, in a way that it may not come through on raw or SmackDown. And, you know, it's almost like sort of the, the breaking of the fourth wall is almost as fascinating as what goes on on screen. If not more, because sometimes sure, a, a little yeah. bit, you know, like, um, uh, everyone's still on, on a bit of a character, but they have a little bit more, um, freedom on what that character is. And, you know, it's more of just direction. Like, Oh, here's what we want. As opposed to back when, mm-hmm. when it was, here's what the script is, you know, feel free to play with it. Some of the, you know, some of the higher up guys would get more freedom to play with the script, but they still had a script. Yeah. Whereas on some of these segments and stuff now, like there's no time for all that. You could, we, there's, there, there would have to be a, a army of writers. Yeah. And and before we get into the raw, the big question is, did Michael Hayes remember your name? No, um. We, we crossed paths in the hall a couple times, but, uh, I didn't, uh, I just, you know, respectfully said hello. Ah, okay. And continued about my way. Uh, it's just from what you told me that you would always pretend to forget your name. He would pretend to forget my name and he would <laughs> uh, pretend to forget where I'm from and then tell me to go the hell back there. And I would say, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. He still, he's still like, he shows up to TV dressed like you see him on those uh, Hall of Fame things. Though. Oh, it's not like, that's just like, a, yeah, it's not, that, that's not just a Hall of Fame outfit. That's just like a day to day. <laughs> I love it though. I think they should. They need him back on screen if he's gonna wear that stuff. Because you know, HD. Yeah, was... he was wearing a lime. He was wearing a lime green, full lime green suit with matching fedora. Oh, I love it. See, HD was made yep. for his outfits. Pretty much. <laughs> who, who needs? Yeah, yeah. Who needs pyro when you have Michael Hayes' outfits just to blind you? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, 
I didn't totally realize that they got rid of Pyro until someone said it to me. Mm-hmm. Thank that, goodness. It is it is so it was so awful to be around. Oh really? Okay. It's so loud. See, I, I I didn't think about it from that point of view. I know that you have to you have to put your fingers in your ears backstage, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They give you like a countdown. They 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 make sure you're ready because if you miss it, woof. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's I, not it's not fun. See, I I never really noticed that on a raw like until I watched my the first pit view I saw without the pyro and it was kind of weird. I mean, but I don't think it takes away from the show really. You know, um, you don't like, yeah, and like back then, you would have to almost kind of remember who was up next mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh shit, they have pyro." Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And then, and at that point, they were giving like weird people pyro, so it was like, "Oh shit, I forgot that dude had pyro." Ah, fingers in my ears. <laughs> yeah, some of the it, it did get a bit crazy at one point. Like, I always thought that Jeff Hardy really didn't need pyro for his entrance because he's Jeff Hardy. And it was just like a bit over, yeah, I guess, you know, like uh, when I was there, they gave like Kofi Kingston pyro. Yes. For his like his gimmick with his hands. And it was always like, this is I feel like this is excessive. <laughs> See, that's why I love watching uh, the old Night Rose as well, because when they went into our number two, they could have been halfway through a match. But. The countdown would go on, and then Pyro would just go off halfway through like a Glacier against Norman Smiley match or something. Like that. And I was just like, I just loved how much they just pissed away money. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to watch. I don't think you could ever get that again. Um, but yeah, man, I bet that I bet that Glacier versus Norman Smiley match was money though. <laughs> well, you know, it, it it probably didn't need the Pyro. It was um, you know, it was exciting Agreed. as it was. But yeah, anyway. We're going to travel back to February the 15th, 1993. Um, Whoa, you know what's crazy? Okay. We're almost timed up with this thing. We're like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're in the month. Okay, now, now, see, that's the thing, because I know you're a lot busier than I am. We could try and keep this 25 years every week, if possible, but... um, See, this is... We could try. At this point, at this point, like, uh, I... Wrestling training, um, I work and I'm opening a new business, so like <laughs> I, I have a, a good amount of things on my plate. <laughs> I, see, I, I can try, yeah. See, I, I did always get like you know, I, I know that you enjoy doing the show, but I knew this was kind of low down on priorities when you were sort of in contact with WWE. I didn't want to be like, so is the podcast still happening? Because you would have, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really, yeah, I mean, it's it's happening, it's just uh. The, that dog show was fucking long. <laughs> well, the, I'm going to upload this on the 15th then. So, uh, yeah, February the 15th, 19, <laughs> 1993. 25 years since uh, Brutus Beefcake's one and only match on Monday Night Raw uh, against... Thank God. <laughs> I don't understand why it gets such a bad rap. I might be interviewing his co-author as well, so I'm going to be very nice. Yeah, wait till, wait, till you, wait till you watch this match with me, <laughs> and then you realize... See, that's the that's the thing. Like watching it with a pro wrestler, it kind of it does ruin my childhood in some ways. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he faces Ted DiBiase the week before. Ted DiBiase and IRS both challenged Beefcake because they heard his interview and about how you know his uh, wife left him and how his girl uh, about how his mum died and how, you know how he 
got some knees in his face and his face got obliterated. See, you and Beefcake have something in common there because your face got obliterated. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just start the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and also there's a battle royal, and uh, it's all it's all fun and games. So yes, um, pull up uh, the network and uh, find February the fifteenth, nineteen ninety three, Monday Night Raw, episode number five. Um, and on my count, press play. Uh, so one, two, three, click, and we start with Beefcake. Man, do we ever? What kind of... Yes, who counts? Who counts up? You gotta count down for those things. What if you were counting to five? As I was doing it, I realized that I probably should have counted down. Um, so I love the yeah. fringe on Beefcake's uh, jacket. Um, it's, it's, Agreed. Yeah, and uh, DBRC's uh, not. See, this is that's DBRC's like right. I'm gonna break your face pretty much, and then Jimmy Hart's just like calm down, man. You know, and uh, all of a sudden he's developing a little bit of a conscience. Um, I love that. And the rest. See, see, that's Barry Hardy. Look, who jumped on there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that Barry Hardy. When I was a young lad, going to local independent shows, Barry Hardy had like a basically like Bret Hart T-shirt. Is that Barry in the ring? Do we open with Barry? I don't know. Um, oh, oh, look at ah. <laughs> See, I've, I, I, one thing about I'm not going to go into the 25th anniversary show because I could at length, but I, I think my set, like I've got to say, I think my like sort of sights were set too highly. Like I wanted Vince on commentary. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Vince on commentary. I wanted that guy with the Ico Pro shirt. That so people did wear Ico Pro shirts, and there was a guy in the audience who was dressed as Bobby Heenan in drag, which I thought was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the crowd was ready for sure. Yeah, um, and you know, but there was no Max Moon. You know, and I. What can I say? I mean, uh, I'm, real. Uh, so let me let me let me back you up because I was talking about Barry Hardy. Uh-huh. And I want to I want to complete this thought. Okay. When I was a young lad going to independent shows, Barry Hardy was like you know he was a big deal. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember I drove I pulled up with my buddies up past Barry Hardy, stopped at a red light. Barry Hardy rolled his window down and said out to us, "Bet you Bret Hardy ain't got one of these," and then just peeled out. <laughs> <laughs> this is like 2000 <laughs> amazing see I've been chatting to Barry as well thanks to you and I love that you just saw Blonde Mullet and assumed it was Barry Hardy um, I did who are these guys that's Glenn Roof is one... and, um, okay Glenn Roof and great Bobby Who I think are you familiar okay. with okay um, I'm not but okay. uh, some of my favorite matches that exist on planet earth are the Steiners beating up jobbers <laughs> woo yeah, and I love it. They've had like about three matches so far on Raws of just them destroying jobbers. So, um, I don't think this will be any different. <laughs> Banger Thrasher, he is so great. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that. Like this is him, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he so- also kind of he kind of looks old here. <laughs> yeah, that receding hairline so <laughs> start to kick in. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm no one to talk because I got one too. Oh, watch that. Oh, I don't think so. Oh. oh no, don't do it. Oh. 
dragon suplex on the top of his head. That was so good. <laughs> Jeff Snyder just ate his lunch. Do you ever find? I mean, just because obviously we knew you, uh, you know, he was going to become and everything. But do you feel that the jobbers who are really doing this for a living are the ones who are prepared to take those kind of bumps? Like Bobby. nobody's prepared. <laughs> nobody's prepared to take that bump, man. Like <laughs> See, that is that is wow. Yeah, that was incredible. If Bobby Hugh takes that kind of bump, and I shouldn't know who Bobby Hugh is, and I don't, apart from the fact that he jobbed on Raw a couple of times, um, and and you know, you know that Vince did the who's on first, what's on second, all that kind of thing. Had to. Yeah. Had to. Oh, this dude, man. Listen, okay. <laughs> oh, what I love about this guy. What are those knee pads doing, bro? You don't even have pads on the knees. There's holes there. <laughs> yeah, that's They're for aesthetics. I, what so people can see knees? I, I don't see. Is 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 wrist tape? Because obviously, again, not a wrestler. And I've heard Taz say wrist tape is just there to make your wrist look bigger. Agreed. And that is what that is for. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's an aesthetic thing. It's, it has no real advantage. What are you trying to do with this human? Don't do whatever you're trying to do. Oh, oh my god, that could have been worse. Okay, that was way safer than I thought it was going to be. I think Vince banned that top rope DDT thing <laughs> by that point. The Doomsday DDT, my the, favorite Steiner spot of all time. I'll lose uh, my shit if I see it in this match. Mm, they did use it in WWF as well, but not for long. Certainly not for long. Oh, I know they did. Mm-hmm. They did one on like. They, they did it on Jobbers, and it was real dangerous. And then there was, like, one they did on, like, IRS, and it was, like, the safest thing I ever saw in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see, again, setting sights too high. I wish they'd have had the headlock on Hunger uh, Banner at the uh, World Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. But, you know, I, I guess hunger or, you know, famine has been cured, so we don't need to worry about that. We should keep talking. This is dead air. Can you still... <laughs> Sorry, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you fine. Um, yeah, so Rick okay. just took uh, Bobby Hughes' head off with a Steiner line. Um, Vin... I, I have headphones in, so I wasn't. I, I was putting my headphones in, so I wasn't sure if I was. Uh, no, it's okay. Missing uh, something. Vince never called. Only Jim Ross called uh, the clothesline the Steiner line. Um, oh. oh, here we go. The DDT. The DDT. The DDT. Oh, Do the DDT. No, bull- oh, it's the Bulldog. Ah, uh, bummer. Mm-hmm. Well, they were like, well, we're pretty sure Glenn Ruth can't walk no more after that <laughs> dragon suplex, so let's just not even get him back in the ring. What's it? Stay out, man. Those dudes are murderers. Why Rick Steiner's got the word sins written across his uh He's single. got a lot of he's got a lot of things written on him. I'm not sure what at least he doesn't have Thoy. Written across the front, T H U Y, boy, which is yeah, we, written across the front of a six action figure I saw the other day. Yeah, um, oh, WrestleMania Nine report with Gene Oakland. I'm, I've, I've got to say, Mattel are doing um, nineteen ninety three in particular pretty proud. Um, I'm excited because there is, and it's just come out, and you may have seen it. It's um, available in. Uh, I think Walmart. It's a Brutus Beefcake Mega Maniacs action figure. Man, Ico Pro, you gotta want it. You do have to. You do gotta want it. Um, I was gonna use some correct grammar then, and I thought I probably shouldn't. <laughs> 
you you actually have to want it. <laughs> um, yeah, and and the rumor you, you won't care about. Oh well, you may care about this because because of the business that you're going to open. But there there is going to be a King of the Ring 1993 Bret Hart with crown, cape, and scepter. I cannot. Ooh, wait. okay. Yeah, all I, right. All right. I'm very. Oh, What's the? Well, you you call me when that King Mabel figure hits. <laughs> I certainly will. I'll see for tickets. Call one eight hundred six three four sixty eight ninety eight. Sixty-six ninety-eight. Are you, are you the kind of guy who calls those numbers in post and figures out what they're doing right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I never have. I never. Did you ever ring the superstar? Wow. Line? Did Did you ever ring? Yeah. It's, did you ever ring the superstar line? No, I didn't. I didn't know. Were you ever tempted to? I was, but I never did. I would have got killed. That's a really, it's a really strange picture of Bret Hart. He's got like this like creepy smile on. I don't think I've ever seen that picture in my life. That is a weird picture. Um, yeah, it's it's just a, a a strange one. So Brett Yoko, who who knew what was to come? See, uh, Hogan hasn't even been mentioned yet. Um, oh, and there's the money match. <laughs> See, this was ori- a- this was originally going to be Undertaker against Nails. So this was going to be the blow off uh, feud. Yeah, I was going to start the show today with a. Uh, uh, you know how you would give random facts about me at the beginning? I was going to give a random fact about you that you've actually probably spoken to Nails more times in the last six months than members of his immediate family. <laughs> and th- this is quite possibly true. I, I, I bought uh, um, uh, his SummerSlam 92 leather duffel bag, um, you know, because I had probably, well, no, I didn't have too <clears> much money. I just had very little sense but um he was selling it and i bought it and it was given to um employees at SummerSlam, and he's decided to sell his and uh, i lowballed him on it as well um he took the offer which is which was nice of him um and he gave well, let's see uh, what's he doing with that thing right now it's been in a closet for the last decade he did have dust on it for when, the last when... decade i mean hold on a second what am i talking about for the last Two decades it's been sitting in a closet. This is true. And he gave me a SummerSlam 92 program, which he said that I could, he would sign it. And so I got him to sign it with his prison number, um, which I, nice. think, I think he appreciated that. Um, but yeah, no, he, he seemed okay. <laughs> like he said that, he, he, you know, as I can tell, he doesn't do any interviews. Um, so, sure. um, but he said if he ever does one, it will be with me. So if it's with anyone else, I'm going to call him out on his fucking bullshit. Um, and send, <laughs> and send it Who back. is... Uh... You got any history on Ross Greenberg here? Absolutely none. And I should know. Like, okay, great. <laughs> see, yeah, I should probably do some more research. But um, I got another friend of mine I'm going to get you in contact with. His name's Steve King. I think I've told you about him before. But he did uh, jobs back in this day. And he jobbed at Yokozuna and Adam Bomb and, nice. and all these people. And he's got he has some of the coolest stories. Awesome. He wasn't the guy who Yokozuna pretty much sat on his throat. No, I'm guessing no, 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 no. Yokozuna liked him because he went and got Yokozuna Burger King. Yeah, not yeah. See, I yeah, I'd be anyone's <laughs> best friend for life if uh, they got me Burger King. See, in McDonald's now in this country now do table service. I don't know if they do that where in the states. They do not. Uh, they they do not. See, I would have thought they did. I don't because you know uh, customer service in even fast food restaurants in America is like pretty uh, pretty impressive. Like, I had a Wendy's, and they asked me how it was, and I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm totally not used to that. 
Um, I went to an In-N-Out burger as well. They they recommended like oh. my food. See, I preferred Wendy's. Um, In-N-Out. I was it was a bit weird because they had Bible verses on on the bottom of the cup. Um, so uh, In-N-Out burger is only a West Coast thing. That like the the farthest east an In-N-Out burger gets is like Arizona, which is still <laughs> super duper west. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <coughs> it was okay. It was okay, but I had it at like ten a.m. Just because it was the last day that I was there before I had to oh, go, okay. and they were like, "You must have one." And I was like, eh, "It was okay," but I did prefer Wendy's. Um, I went to a place called uh, Kabuki's, uh, yeah, but mainly because of the great Kabuki, and it was on in Hollywood. Um, and it was. Can like, we real quick just talk about Russ, Ross Greenberg taking that clothesline, and he is still reeling. He is like, <laughs> yeah, but let's stop he's to, like shaking, and we should stop talking about food that I bought. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> Man, Ross, so when they first showed this dude, I was like, man, this dude's in pretty good shape. He looks all right. I wonder whatever happened to this dude. Maybe he, you know. <laughs> but then I see this, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Oh. Uh, 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 this is what happened to this guy. Yeah. You he could... just can't stop moving and doing things. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, where did we find you? I like the snazzy ring like, here, though. It's like kind of very Brutus Beefcake. Well, I was just going to say, on Brutus, like, on Brutus night here, well, Goodness gracious, palm strikes. Mm-hmm. That's not an Irish whip. That's not an Irish whip, Yokozuna. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that. But on Brutus Beefcake Night here on Monday Night Raw, whew, you can't imagine. I, how is he going to let that dude fly with that gear? Mm-hmm. It's very Brutus. Man, Yoko is just taking this guy. Those palm strikes were nasty. He's going to eat this dude's lunch with this, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I, I, oh, I, yeah. Feet out. Feet out. I'm calling. Oh, oh he was pretty nice about it. I don't know, Way do, nicer than I thought he was going to be. I'm guessing you have... I don't know if you've seen that one particular bonsai drop, though, when he sat on the guy's throat and he wouldn't get up. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That was that was nasty, to say the least. Um, but sometimes, like, so far this has been a good Monday Night Raw for me because Yokozuna job matches and Steiner job matches are, are pretty high up my list of job matches. Because they're two, they're two dudes who, at times were pretty reckless with jobbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vader is my Vader's my ultimate. <laughs> Vader WCW Saturday night Vader job matches are like yeah. oh they're my holy grail. <laughs> they need some of that on the network. Um I love that they've put all the color scene videos well a, a, a nice selection of them on the network. Um Yeah. Do you own this uh, WF magazine with Razor on the cover? Of course I do. Now, I've got the uh, the posters magazine that's in the background as well. That one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I... Background? Fuck the background and check out this foreground. Uh-huh. I, that was actually one of the first magazines I ever got. Um, and I had the um, I had the Razor poster. I had the Brett poster. Um, nice. Yeah, because it's a double-sided sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so you got to turn them every six months. Pretty much, I, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's almost disturbing now how much nineteen ninety three stuff I have in particular. Um, on eBay late last year, someone in December of ninety three there was a, a carol service at the Rotunda in Madison Square Garden, and I have one of the carol hymn books. Like wrestlers like showed up to sing carols, I guess. Like Rudolph, well, it's not really a carol, but like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and stuff like that. So I have that, and I have all of the posters. So it's like Johnny Polo and Doink the Clown, and you know, Men on a Mission. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is totally a Christmas carol, by the way. Is that carol? See, I thought carols had to be religious. 
No, 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 no. Christmas carols are just Christmas songs. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, oh, this is from Superstar. This was probably the first big angle that they did on Superstar since Raw started, because obviously Raw kind of became the main show. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, this this wasn't a match. This was just um, whether Duggan could knock Yoko off his feet. Um, and, yep. Oh. <laughs> And there he goes. I love, ah! I love, I love that. And the crowd goes wild. And and Duggan was yeah, about to take. Yeah, they do. yeah, Duggan was about to take time off because um, he was about to become uh, dad. So uh, one time I was crossing the Canadian border with Steve Carino and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and they pulled us into uh, like the whatever uh-huh. the uh, what's it called. Like immigration or whatever. Already, they pulled us in at the border, and uh, once they found out that he was hacksaw Jim Duggan, they were like, "Go ahead through." Like, <laughs> <laughs> they started asking us questions, and then they're like, "Wait a second, are you hacksaw Jim Duggan?" And he's like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, never mind. Yeah, you guys are good to go." Oh, amazing. See, I would like to think that they pulled you over because Duggan was like waving an American flag or something, but. No, I'm, <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a uh, a superstar in the Canadian Football League before WWF, I believe. Was he really? I knew he played football. I didn't realize he... I thought he just played yeah. down south or something. I, you know when Yoko threw the entire bucket of salt in Duggan's face? It also covered like the entire front row. <laughs> yeah, I had to have. <laughs> but yeah, no... Put- also, we... Oh, also, at the at the duty free shop at the Canadian border, Hacksaw Jim Duggan bought a bottle of Stars and Stripes vodka. Love I've it. never even seen Stars and Stripes vodka in my life before. Hacksaw Jim Duggan bought it at a duty free. <laughs> That's like living the gimmick to the next level. It, I I couldn't get over how much I loved it. <laughs> was it actually good vodka? It was nice. Um, it was okay. So we get through the border, and he's like. If either of you fellows like some of my vodka, you're more than welcome. And uh, we're both like, oh, no, I'm okay, sir. And he turns around, he looks me dead in my face, and he says, drink my vodka. And I said, yes, sir. And I grabbed the bottle, and I just took a swig out of it. Who just swigs a bottle of vodka? Nobody. But I did it because Hacksaw looked me dead in my face. Uh, I, I, I legit, the first time I ever tried vodka, I vomited as soon as I tasted it because I've never tasted like raw alcohol to that level and it tasted like paint stripper um yeah 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 especially vodka yeah um you don't just drink regular vodka no no um i think duggan was probably maybe immune at that point i love i love bartlett's uh is that scarf he's got going on there i don't know what he has (laughs) oh no but p.s p.s hacksaw had something to mix the vodka with is that louis spicoli that's spicoli Loving that snazzy um, Saved by the Bell design singlet he has on there. That is nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, does, he does have a little bit of a chubby Zach Morris thing going on. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and I, and yeah, man, Gonzalez hadn't shaved at this point. He still got his hairy uh, genitalia. And, uh... Oh, I, the, uh, I, I guess you don't ooh, know who those Who are those guys? Are. No, not a clue. Not a clue. Okay. See, this isn't the place to come for like knowledge. <laughs> but that's that. Those are the things that sometimes interest me. I'm like, I wonder what happened to those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know they were probably just like local uh, <clears throat> whoever's back in the day. But mm-hmm. 
some of those journeymen went on to like, you know, stick around and be around for a long time. Well, I, I that usually happens if I watch like a a prime time or something, and there's just some like jobber that I've never heard of. I will Google him, and he will be there as a. a searched google so like i think probably anyone who's ever been on wwf television you know has been googled at one point i would guess yeah um yeah gonzalez he was never really gonna have tv matches um is it weird that I never saw him as a bad guy just because of that episode of Baywatch? <laughs> he was just so lovable on that. He was so lovable. Yeah. I can't see him being like mean to anybody. <laughs> if you watch um those that that father and son are just they're not celebrities or anything. They're just the camera's just on them for a, a worrying amount of time there. But um <laughs> Man, that was great. <laughs> so yeah, Brett, I, and we get it. We get it with the Brett Eichel Pro thing. It's been it's been a long dog show, but I still <laughs> am already over that. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this advert for the Hasbro figures was about a year and a half old by this point. I was just gonna say, like Bull, Bulldog's not there right now, right? Mm-hmm. And Perfect's, uh, well, Perfect's there. Slaughter, though. I mean, yeah. we just saw him helping Hacksaw out. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Get, oh yeah. Okay, I'm into this. Here we go. Berserkers in here. Love the Berserker. Berserker. Bob Backlund, Shawn Michaels taking his sweet ass time. Ooh, El Matador. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. Iron Mike Shot. Kim Chi. I wonder kimchi? who's under the kimchi. Bet it's Barry Hardy. It could be Barry Hardy. But probably bra- I don't know. <laughs> bra- probably Brawler, I would have thought. Oh, um, yeah, that's probably true. Um, and there's no prize for this. This is just Battle Royal. For funsies. For funsies. Um, Here's Owen. Uh, I thought What I thought was interesting about this, they all just started at ringside, and then like bell rang, and they all like dove in the ring. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've seen that. You know what I'm saying? Like That's yeah. different. I'm guessing this is a live raw then, because like they may have uh, had everyone's entrance otherwise. Though everyone, yeah, 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 everyone would have had music apart from Mike Sharp though, so <laughs> it would have been a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been weird. <laughs> um, oh, there's Skinner. Here we go. Now we're talking. Oh, all the the stars are out. Mm-hmm. Stars are out. This is kind of what the '93 Rumble could have been. Uh, oh, Damien Demento's in there. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. Of course um, he is. So, so, I see. I know what happens. Do you want to take predictions? Yeah, I was going to say, you know what happens. <laughs> so, you can't like really guess. But I have not a clue what ha- happens. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> my best guess is a Shawn Michaels or a Razor Ramon. My next tier down is there's a potential Tatanka wins. That's all I got. Okay. I, 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 like, my dark horse is Tatanka. My my go-tos are Shawn Michaels or Razor Ramon. So don't... Oh, no, Shawn's about to go! <laughs> Coco, or, yeah. Yeah, Coco, Coco Beware's not going to eliminate Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, stranger things have happened. This is true. I, I, I love that Coco Beware had... A second high energy outfit. Like I don't know what happened to the first one, but now it's red and 
You know what would happen if you asked Coco Beware about that outfit? Go on. Oh. Nothing good. <laughs> Woo! He took a straight pad drop to the floor. Those pads on the floor must have been cushy because he just went for it. Mm-hmm. Um, At yes. that point, Coco Beware's got a little tenure on some other people, you know? Like, Coco is not trying to get a job right here. Probably not trying to really keep one. You know, he's probably at a point where he's he's pretty solid in what he's doing. He does not need to be taking front flips to the floor for fun. This is true. And he was probably doing, um, he was probably back in Memphis at this point as well. Like, I've just found out that on Amazon Prime, um, a lot of the early 90s Memphis stuff with the WWF Invasion is on there. Um, so oh, fun. I don't have Amazon Prime, but there's, like, uh, there's Japanese stuff. There's a lot of Memphis stuff. Um, so I think it's going to be worth checking out. Um, did you see the uh, trailer for Walk Like a Panther that I sent to you? No. Okay, it's a it's a it's a wrestling <laughs> movie that's coming out in the UK from the director of the Full Monty. Um, it's basically you remember World or you know of World of Sport, don't you? The nineteen seventy. Of course, I know of World of Sport. Yeah, so, I love World of Sport. It's it's amazing. I lo- yeah. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't. I was get- gonna say, what are your feelings on World of Sport? Oh, love it! I mean, like they tried to revamp it like about a year ago. Um, and it, I know I watched it. Yeah, it was too American for me and too agreed. ITV produced, which is the channel. Um, you know, it, it, back then they just t- had community centers or sport halls and stuff like that. And and as well, yeah, I love that the front row would be full of like old grannies, you know, like you know, shaking the sticks and you know, um, shouting probably horribly racist things. Um, you know, it's Johnny Saint. Johnny Saint will still blow your mind with he'll he'll I can watch a Johnny Saint match right now. Mm-hmm. And I promise you he'll do something that I'll I have never seen. I, I think it's a, it's a shame because I think the really, really good world of sports stuff kind of gets forgotten about. And it's more the characters who are remembered like Cat Weasel and Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks and Kendo Nagasaki and stuff like that. Um you know, they, they... Johnny Saint. Johnny Saint uh, did a, a quick thing in the states with Chikara uh, years back, and I shared a beer with Johnny Saint, Dave Taylor, and Luke Harper. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, did they drink yeah. you under the table, or was it just the one beer? I I remember Johnny Saint was like, because uh, it was just the four of us hanging out in a a, a booth, mm-hmm. and he was like, four more. And me and Harper were like, no, no, sir. No, no, no. Sit down. We're getting the beer. He's like, you both sit down. And we're like, okay, okay. <laughs> we'll let you. But like, we were like very uncomfortable by Johnny St. buying us a beer. Uh, well, uh, this. It's like, I owe you a hundred beers, sir. Like, listen, do not. No, no, please. British drinkers. I mean, it's more, you know, it's kind of like how you have to tip in America. Like, you just have to accept free drinks if you're in the UK because, you know. That's just we're just a nation of heavy drinkers, basically. Um, so <laughs> well, I knew I knew Dave Taylor from uh, WWE. He was there when I was there, yeah. but I did not know Johnny Saint, and I was always a big fan. So it was like the craziest. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you will love this walk like a panther because it's a movie about retired British wrestlers from the world of sport era who end up buying a Ooh. pub. They buy a pub together, and the pub's about to go out of business, so they put on one more show. To save the pub, it's about it's a documentary. No, no, it's a it's a movie. Okay, it's an actual movie, and I think because I thought it was sort of riding on <clears throat> the success of Glow, um, but 
this was written before, okay this was written before that and it was originally going to be a tv series but they've turned it into a movie and i'm very excited because it's really filthy british humor so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it and i'm hoping there'll be some really good um cameos in the movie as well if i can get a real quick recap though of this battle royal the berserker was killing it yeah yeah, he, he was he he pulled a spot where he was about to get eliminated, but as he was getting tipped over, he let his like pivot foot kick someone in the dick by accident, which was great. <laughs> and but, then he took like this long like back up and then just backflip over the top gimmick, which looked great. Kamala, oh shucks, yeah, eliminated by Kimchi. Were yeah. they in a were they in a thing right now? They were in a thing right now, and this thing continues during this battle royal as well. But yeah, no, um, Berserker could Berserker was amazing. I mean, it, it, he did things that like not many people in WWF at that time was able to do for the, his He's size. A big guy, and it's just crazy yeah. that like Undertaker could take off, but Berserker didn't really take off, and you know, just in terms of like yeah. sort of uh, gimmicks, I guess you know. Um, but did you did you see Berserker um, get sued? Did you watch that? No. Did you not? Um, I, it wasn't Judge Judy. It was like sort of the equivalent of that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I didn't see it, see it, but I, I heard about it. Yeah. Um, trying to... Yeah, I mean, you know, God love him, but he tried to claim that his Hasbro action figure was worth $750. If if it was worth $750, I'd be selling mine right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving Raw shit. Raw will continue. Right now. <laughs> See, wouldn't you think, though, that they would have the footage when the break happened? They could have went that extra mile no. and so what they turned the cameras off and just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Shawn Michaels just took two crazy bumps for Typhoon though. Mm-hmm. I hope this is leading to a Shawn Michaels Typhoon match that we can get. <laughs> well, Typhoon's reeling off um, being jobbed out to Doink the Clown. Um, of, of all the of all the people still in that ring right now, mm-hmm. uh, Terry Taylor most surprising. Yes. Yeah, Terry Taylor wasn't yeah. doing much at this time. He, it was kind of weird because they didn't explain it, but he was also hosting TV at this point as well in Canada. Um, and really? Yeah, uh, TSN and all that kind of stuff, um, like the syndicated shows. Um, and he also became a backstage interviewer for a little bit. Wow. Typhoon. Bandera to the floor. There you go. Mm-hmm. All three of my choices are still in there with Tito Santana, whom I did not choose. If Tito Santana wins this thing, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> He's the only one in this ring currently that I did not choose as a potential winner of this thing. And he is just, now I'm like, oh shit, Tito how, Santana could win this thing. How weird is it to see Razor and Sean in collusion during this time when they were. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, uh, for just general it's like oh yeah well they're buddies mm-hmm. but then like you think back to 93 it's like no way this is like wrestlemania fast forward to next year's wrestlemania shit gets hairy yeah they forgot about their you know short-term friendship in this battle royal at this point how dare they <laughs> yeah so sean obviously um you know faces to tanker at wrestlemania because marty um had just been let go at that point 
Um, for the second year in a row... Is that why that happened? Yeah. For the second year in a row, it was going to be Sean and Marty, and for the second year in a row, Marty was fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... I Man. The things you learn, because I knew that anyway, but the things you learn on Bruce Pritchard's uh, podcast, the, he, he talks about the, um, the how Raw was going to be, because what's the... I'm guessing you've wrestled in the room downstairs uh, from the Manhattan Center, the ECW place. Something ballroom. The Hammerstein Ballroom? The Hammerstein Ballroom, yeah. Raw was originally... I have not, re- I have not wrestled at the Hammerstein, but I've been to the Hammerstein a bunch of times. Oh, okay. So Raw was originally going to be there, and one of the original ideas was... Have you, have you seen, like, Wrestling at the Chase? No. Okay, but the sort of the old St. Louis show where it was going to be... What Vince? Oh, wanted, okay, okay, I know what you're talking about. Well, they were going to have dinner tables around the ring, and you had to come in tuxedo with black tie and everything, and that's what one of the original Monday Night Raw ideas was going to be, um, it, because like cause, a boxing match, like a boxing match, because there was chandeliers and it looks really nice and everything, and then that idea mm-hmm. got got dropped pretty quickly. <clears throat> we missed a big old flying burrito by Tito Santana. There, he's really all starring this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad not choosing him now, but I, <laughs> oh, I stand by my choice. There he goes. Ah, he ain't no Mr. Perfect. Listen, Shawn Michaels, stick to what you do good, and it's not being Mr. Perfect. That's a Mr. Perfect bump if I ever saw one. It is. Oh, and the second one. Yep, it, ain't, it still ain't going to go right. <laughs> so who has the best hair in the ring right now? Oh, Tatanka, because it's got that red strip. Yeah. He said he had to stop doing that because his hair was falling out. Uh, duh. Oh. Man. Okay, well. <laughs> Man, Tino Santana wins this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so entertained by the thought of it now. I kind of want it to happen. Just because at, sta- like, at a standing, like right when this thing started, I was like, all right, I got, I got two picks and one dark horse. It comes down to four. It's like, well, I got most of them. Tito Santana, though, and he ain't winning. And now it's like, man, he's kind of rocking this thing, though. Oh, no. <laughs> You're kidding me. I love that. Um, That's go- not how this goes. No, no. <laughs> That's not how this goes. Gonzalez hasn't been in the tanning bed this week. He looks a lot paler. Did Razor. Is he eliminated? No. Did Tito Santana win this thing by default? <laughs> Tito Santana just won this thing by default. That's oh, I bullshit. See. No, I see. I, I don't want to spoil it. Are they? Are we claiming Giant Gonzalez just won this thing? No, no. Razor, Razor snuck out under the ring. Oh, he went under. He was my first choice, actually. He wasn't my... He was my... He was. I, I picked him and Sean, uh, but Razor was my, was my definite one choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, Giant Gonzalez's only appearance in the Manhattan Center. He does have one more appearance on Raw. Um, I don't think he goes down well with the Manhattan Center crowd. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Man, that Manhattan Center crowd is rough. Mm-hmm. They're grabbing at people. Like, Kim Chi hopped that guardrail earlier, and some dude was, like, ready to fight. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, there was a... I I don't think we've seen it yet, but there's a, I think there's a thing where Donk is being chased around and someone grabs Donk's hair and rips his entire mask off as he's about Ooh. to run through the curtain. But yeah, no, Razor, Razor Which, wins. Which, uh, 
Which doink was that? Um, Matt Bourne. And Matt Bourne, did Matt Bourne beat the shit out of a fan randomly? <laughs> no, 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 sadly not. That, no, that would have been fun. Man. But, um, here Good we go. TV. Here we go, your main event. Are you kidding me? They not... Wow. You did not prepare me for the fact that this is going to be the main event. But yeah, I mean, what what else did you think it was going to be? Opener. <laughs> I was hopeful for less than three minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm up. See, I, okay, I, I never had a problem with this match, but I have a feeling that you're going to really have a problem with this match. Is Ted DiBiase wrestling in the suit? Um, no, sadly not. Okay. That would oh, be- I was I was ex- I was excited for a second. I was like, "Ooh, do we get this Ted DiBiase where he's just wrestling in clothes now?" Because that would have been, been cumbersome. Like I would have thought. Yeah. I love that he's rich. I love that jacket. I love that he's rich and he still buys the most gaudy, cheap-looking suit. Yeah. <laughs> um. And and you know, like I say, those shirts only Ted DiBiase and strippers have those kind of shirts. <laughs> the, the tearaways. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that jacket. I love it. It's like sort of shower curtain, because you get the shower curtain rings. <laughs> he obviously used those uh, shears to put them to good use and uh, made his own gear out of them. Yeah, I never got really why he was a barber and he had garden shears. Yeah, I can explain. <clears throat> I can give you the backstory. <laughs> They were like, uh, regular scissors are too little and not visual enough. Oh, well, but just for the shears. Um, then, yeah, no, that's probably because they were too not visual enough. So, yeah. Um, no, no, but that's yeah. All I could, that's, that's all I could guess. But at the same time, I was always like, really? This is the thing? Well, I think um, from what I remember, I'm sure he got blinded and he accidentally cut. Um, oh, no, Adrian Adonis got blinded and accidentally cut Beefcake's hair in a match. <laughs> and then obviously that's how Beefcake got his revenge at WrestleMania by cutting Adonis's hair. And then all of a sudden, he, there are vignettes of him going to barber school and getting his degree in being a barber. I guess. Um, I already have so many problems with this match. <laughs> I already hate it. <laughs> Why? Well, because Beefcake's just strutting around the ring. So. Yeah, but like, ah, it does. It just. There's nothing about it that I like. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Woof. DiBiase going ham into that corner. Mm-hmm. Trying to make Brutus look good. But, like, he doesn't even, like, duck under the lockup or, like, get away from it. He just, like, turns sideways and just starts doing it. <laughs> and it's like, man, if I'm a million-dollar man, I start shit-kicking that dude. Uh-huh. Why am I not shit-kicking him? He's just strutting. He's not, he's not doing anything intimidating to me. He's also not looking at me. I'd be beating him up <laughs> like this. Yeah, he's more viciously it. though. <laughs> it, it it just seems like I I I don't know what he's done to be hated so much. Like <laughs> beefcake? Yeah. Well, he's one of those guys who was just never good. <laughs> the, you but, know, like he wasn't he wasn't ever good at, at much of anything. Mm-hmm. So, but he got you know he's a guy who uh, people remember you know. Uh, but if you go back and try to watch him. I, I dare you to find a like a generally like good no, I get beefcake it. match. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a bo- me and uh, me and my good friend Dick Justice one time tried to compile a list <laughs> of like mainstream wrestlers who 
potentially never had like a good match. Mm-hmm. Beef, uh, beefcake. Bruce Beefcake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jim Neidhart's on the list too. But Jim Neidhart did have a Saturday Night Main Event match with uh, Macho Man, which was really, really good. He did? Um, what, so, okay, yeah. so what about uh, what about the uh, WrestleMania 9, the tag match then, or does that not count if it's a tag match? It doesn't count if it's a tag match. Uh, we're talking about wrestlers who potentially do not have a singles match to, like, <laughs> save their lives. Wow. Just, DB, here's the deal. DiBiase is working his ass off. Look at him. He is. He is. And DiBiase had severe neck problems at this point as well. I was going to say, he's so late in his career. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I was not excited for this match because I thought DiBiase was, like, pretty broken. And... Uh, beefcake's generally always been terrible, so I, <laughs> I have very low low hopes for this thing. But yeah. DiBiase's really, really throwing it, really just putting his all into this thing. Yeah, he's actually really on top form in '93. Uh, DiBiase uh, going above and beyond for someone with such a bad neck injury. You know, because I, I think he was heavy on the pain pills at this point as well. Um, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, his last match in WF was at SummerSlam '93, and then he went to Japan, um, where he's like sort of revered over there. And they were really worried that he was going to yeah. go back, back with the Million Dollar Man character, but he didn't. He came back with the you know the cowboy hat and the the vest, and he actually had a yeah. few matches in '93. Um, I think I've seen that, and it's awesome. Yeah, I haven't actually seen any of them. I'm going to have to check that out. See, I, I don't I feel think... like I just recently came across one. Brutus Beefcake doesn't even have a headlock on correctly. It <laughs> drives me bonkers. <laughs> I don't think IRS is going to get involved in this match at all. Um, no, at all. I doubt it. Doubtful. Yeah, yeah it's just that yeah. they don't have a monitor backstage and he doesn't have his glasses on, so he needs to, you know, he's blocking... Teddy Biasi. Teddy Biasi so far in this match has been masterful, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's one thing that you can really, oh, this is over. Yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Bruce Beefcake is still awful. I think and his, can... that strutting thing was, was obnoxious and his like, he doesn't have like fire. He's just like, Oh, I sent you outside the ring. Now I'm going to do some stupid poses. It was probably best to keep this purposefully short, but I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I, I don't know if this would make you or make him any worse of a wrestler, but I'm guessing he didn't have, he hadn't had a match for what? year and a half maybe like oh i mean he was just as bad as ever like there's no there's no saving for his beefcake man like there's no like he could take he could be wrestling every day and i don't think that dude is ever gonna get better uh what have you ever end up having to do an indie show with british beefcake i've done indie shows with british beefcake (laughs) okay have you ever wrestled them i have no god no Uh, okay i've wrestled i've wrestled my fair share of legends but Never, uh, never beefcake. Uh-huh. See, this is. Hold be- on a second. Hold on a second. What? What is with the pink cummerbund on Jimmy Hart? It does. It clashes <laughs> with his entire outfit. <laughs> How is this not made bigger news? I, I yeah, I, I I like it. I think it's uh... <laughs> with the yellow and the black, and a little bit of green, <laughs> and then we're throwing pink on a cummerbund. <laughs> I could have been Virgil's old Cumberbund. Tacky. When when you're calling something from 1993 Monday Night Raw tacky, then that is tacky. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Uh, oh. 
Oh, got him. Got him with it. Jimmy Hart on the oof on the cover up. Vince does an incredible job of selling money and his heels here. Um, mm. It's it, this is this at this point is like the worst thing ever in the history of the world. If you hear Vince on commentary, and luckily they've muted Rob Bartlett's microphone because I think he would have taken away the you know the seriousness of the situation. You know? But this is this do is, you. Th- do you think they're selling it so hard because they knew that, like, we we saw a preview of WrestleMania 9 earlier. Do you think they already were looking at that card going, woof, this is a rough one. We really got to really gotta make something happen with this rest of, rest of this thing. <laughs> See, I, I, from, from what I've read, Hogan was very much a last-minute addition. He wasn't going to be at WrestleMania 9. Um, and the original tag match was going to be Money Inc. against the Nasty Boys, and this is mentioned on TV. Uh, that the Nasty Boys just step aside for Hogan and Beefcake for whatever reason. Well, I mean, they're nasty, but they're not stupid. <laughs> Do you think Hogan... I'm just kidding. Hogan... They're probably stupid, too. Well, yeah, that, yeah, but I can imagine Hogan, <laughs> Hogan gave them a lifetime supply of, you know, Ico Pro and... That's actually the story behind why him and Knobs are still so tight. <laughs> yeah, now, you see, the gave thing is, Money Inc. is so good at being heels that people aren't booing this like i think they're, they're probably either glad or just indifferent to british beefcake getting his face caved in with a um with a briefcase yeah jimmy hart needs to like uh jimmy hart probably needs to tone it down a couple levels <laughs> <clears throat> oh the gurney mm-hmm. oh can i they had stretchers like actual stretchers existed in 93 right um i guess so like this mash medic <laughs> uh gurney that they've dug out is like that that was like they this is not modern technology in 93 right no it, it reminds me of uh the simpsons episode where mr burns is on the back of the bike with smithers and he gets stung in the eye by a bee and he somehow gets to the hospital and um, collapses, and the medics come out with a stretcher like that and actually pick up Mr. Burns instead of Smithers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? That is blood from Beefcake's face. It's not very realistic-looking blood, I've got to say. Um, Where did they get that? Where did that come from? Um, I actually don't... Well... I don't know. I mean, you could take a guess, but, like, they put that in in post? Like, no, no. smeared, like... Oh, no, was Jimmy Hart smearing it underneath him, or is he smearing it out of his... It would be in his glove, I would have guessed. His um, arm stocking. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is serious shit, man. This is... Um... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so that was, uh, that was the February 15th, 1983 episode of Raw. Um, and you know this is this is the start. This is the build up to WrestleMania Nine. This is you know, big shit. Happy Valentine's Day to these two. <laughs> Money Inc. in action next <clears throat> week against who? I'm not sure. I'm guessing Jobbers if they don't say their opponents. Yeah, um, got to be Jobbers. Do you know if there's any other any marquee matches? There's a six man tag. Yes, it's Tatanka and the Nasty Boys against Shawn Michaels and the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That I'm into. Mm-hmm. Don't you think they would have got the raw girl on from the start? Nope, you end with her. 
just keep people watching until right at the end. Um, so yeah, no. So um, that was that was that. So what did, what did you think of the rock? Um, well, they had two of my favorites, uh, my favorite jobber encounters, which is a Yokozuna jobber encounter and a Steiner's jobber encounter. So that's good. Um, I don't know. It was fun. Uh, main events. What was that noise? Oh, I dropped, I dropped the thing and I've, I've got a cat in the room who's disrupting everything. So that was the loudest noise I've ever heard. Already? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, overall it was good. I, I had very low expectations for the Brutus Beefcake match. And other than Brutus Beefcake being terrible, Ted DiBiase, like, all-stars, it goes crazy and just makes that thing watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, see, that's the th- I, I guess if it, was, if it was real, Beefcake is, I don't know, kind of one of the, like, kind of superheroes, like, with the invincible strength sort of thing, kind of like how Hogan is, because he was kind of... You know, so one punch from Beefcake is kind of like taking a people's elbow from the rock, if you get what I mean. Like, you know. Nope. No? Okay. Am nope. I just... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, nope, nope. Oh. Not, not oh. letting you get away with it. Oh. Okay, you see, that's the thing, like, sort of, you know, at this point, well, it's 25 years since WrestleMania 9 as well, so I'm really hoping they'll, um, you know, do something. I doubt they will. They definitely won't. Uh, the WWE Instagram account will let you know. <laughs> see, oh, I don't see, know. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm swimming against the tide of literally every other wrestling fan and wrestler in the world, apart from those who were at WrestleMania 9. Um, I love 9. <laughs> no, I know you do. This is how we have developed a friendship through WrestleMania 9. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um so yeah, um, but okay, nineteen ninety three in general. Then it doesn't get a very good rap, but you know, I love it. Um, I don't know. Uh, there's there's actually a lot of meaningful stuff that happens on these ninety three Raws. You know, like for the time, it, it really like you know, like the Ric Flair going away thing. Like there's a a ten bell salute to Under the Giant. Like uh, Bruce Beefcake coming back may not be like a the a big deal, but they, they get Hogan involved in the next and then they, you know, and then that leads into WrestleMania nine. So like there's some, there's some pretty important shit that goes down in 93. There really is. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, uh, I don't know. I guess it's not a throwaway year. Like people think. No, I, I, I don't, I really don't. It's very much a transitional year as well. And lots of things like being started for the first time, like sort of, you know, 1993 was kind of that, step that was needed to get away from the older presentation like monday night raw for a start um you know was incredibly fresh at the time um i don't know if people rag on this i don't know like when you go back and watch it and you when you like think about it like everything has a like they're very meaningful episodes in their own in their own way for just being an hour show and getting to the next thing as opposed to now where you literally could probably watch an episode of Ron. Sometimes you're like, uh, did that really get me anywhere further along? And they're three hours now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Back then it seemed like they were doing a lot, just making things happen, even just towards a singular purpose, but towards a, a grander scheme, you know, like it was, uh, they feel meaningful to me. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, every, everything, even the more ridiculous characters, 
kind of meant something or <coughs> like the announcers would put a lot of time into sort of talking about the character at least um you know which is like because my friend is like a huge huge wcw fan and um we sort of I watch a lot of night rows with him and I noticed that, you know, like a lot of wrestlers will come out great wrestlers with like reputations or whatever. And just the announcers don't talk about them or they're just not involved in anything other than that match. And it's just kind of, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think WWE with limited resources or WWF with limited resources made the most of what they had. Sure. Yeah, no, Definitely. And I know they had less like big events. Like I know there's a pay per view every uh, twelve minutes nowadays. Yeah. But uh, they still had a good amount here. You know, like they still had their big events and they were still leading up to them while still building up other people on the the card. So they were building up these guys into a secondary role that you knew was secondary for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, but it built to a match with another guy who they had also kind of built up mm-hmm. uh, to clash at a, a, a big event. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they had it right to a, to an extent back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I feel like if current writers maybe took a step back and watched some of this stuff, it would uh, I don't know make a little more sense. You know, because currently they have five hours of television between Raw and SmackDown yeah. every week to put over these things. And it's like, maybe it's almost just too much. Um, possibly. I think, I, I I don't want to be that guy, but I think the thing that makes me not watch on a, like a weekly basis anymore is that I think each individual show needs its own story arc. Like something that maybe starts and resolves, or at least has some kind of cliffhanger to make you want to watch the next episode sort of thing. Because if something happens sure. on the first hour of Raw you see nothing of that again until the first hour of Raw the next week, and you've seen a lot of WWE television in that time. So it's kind of hard to right. sort of, you know, keep track on things maybe, but yeah, that's pers- That's my point of view. Um, that no, sh- I, I, I get where you're coming from, and it's, it's uh, I mean, it could be just like a, uh, there's just too much of it, and at times maybe the, the grander scale gets lost. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Or the, you know... No, I, I yeah, I I totally get that, and I, but I think as well the fact that they have the separate shows, Raw and SmackDown. Um, product. I'm just saying, ninety. If they, if maybe they took a step back to look at the ninety three uh, or that older model, maybe it would help uh, make a little more sense for certain things sometimes. Quite possibly, quite possibly. But anyway, we we could we could talk about this for quite a while, but. We've done, we've done okay for time. We're an hour and ten in. So um, next week's episode, as long as there's no preempted Westminster dog shows or anything like that, um, February. No, 20- the Westminster dog show already happened. Yeah, it was it was a long one too, and the, that Schnauzer was crazy. <laughs> yeah, those dogs are now like a whole new generation of dogs from when the show Oof. first started. You know. Um, Oof. Uh-huh. So yeah, and next week's episode, Shawn Michaels and the Beverly Brothers to face Tatanka and the Nasty Boys in a six-man tag match and also in action, Undertaker, Crush, and more. Like, I'm sold. You know what, I'm, you know what I'm impressed by? Uh, Money, in, Money Inc. is also in action because they've also already told us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes four matches unless Undertaker takes on Crush. <laughs> no, I don't think he does. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's Crush against Barry Hardy, actually. But um, oh, mm-hmm. 
it's exciting times. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. And uh, Colin, thank you for um, for joining me in this 1993 time traveling odyssey thing. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what it is, but uh, it's, I think it's fun. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, links below if you want Colin Delaney t shirts, Pro Wrestling Tees is your hookup. And I think there's also Ico Pro t shirts there as well. Um, so, what else What else could you want from life? Who's to say? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, we will we'll talk about your other venture as well, because we're going to do that this week, but we didn't, because I wanted to get all the WWE talk out of the way. Um, but I'm very a lot excited. of stuff to get to. We'll get to it on Monday, February 22nd, 1993. <laughs> okay, thanks again, Colin, and uh, we'll see everyone again next time. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.